Welcome back, Gameaholics. We are back with our indie, we want to say month, but this just keeps kind of extending because we keep finding really cool indie games to play. So this actually might be like a two-month indie extravaganza at this point, to be honest with you. Truly. Um, but we're back. We, we alluded to this a little bit last week with our game After Party, but we are talking about another night school studio classic, which is called Oxenfree. Oxenfree, very, very similar, I guess, in, in a way to um, After Party, which we talked about last week, where it's sort of a side-scroller, but you also can kind of go up and down and, and sort of just move around a little bit in that space, whereas I find After Party was very locked into the side-to-side. -side. Colin, obviously, is here with us today. Colin played Oxenfree years ago, and he actually was one of the ones that insisted that we give this one a try. So, Colin... Oxenfree, how'd you find it? As always, I always like bugging you with these questions, but like, did you play this during the pandemic as well? Where's sort of your experience with Oxenfree? Yeah, Luke, I uh, played this probably, I think I played this after After Party too, which is funny, but like, they were both on the game, the game pass back during COVID. Um, I really enjoyed both games. Obviously, I know After Party wasn't your like cup of tea in some capacity, but I think this one was a lot better for you. Uh, but just talking about it re regarding like everything. Like, I think this game has a lot more uh, dialogue options. I think the story's a little more um, intriguing to you, in a sense, because it goes more, like, ghosty, I, you know, which I think, which is cool, or, or you know, kind of goes alien-ish, in a sense, but you think that is anyways. Well, I it, remember seeing your stream about it, but, um, like, comparing this game to uh, After Light or After Party, I think this one has a little more, like, a serious tone to it because it's a little more, like, creepy, you know, but while the other game was more, like, a jokey game. But both very good games by uh, Night School Studios. But, yeah. I also think it's really, like, one thing I just kind of want to want to say off the bat here is, like, Oxenfree came out y years before After Party, right? Like it, Three. Three years 20, before 2016, the other one was 2019. Now, I'm going to tell you something that might shake you a little bit to the core here. This game seems like it should be the successor to After Party. I know. I think this game, like, seems like it's like, oh, they kind of found what I would feel to be, quote-unquote, their stride with After Party. Then they released Oxenfree, and Oxenfree is banging. Way better than After Party. For 100%. You. 100%. Yeah. Okay. And and I think, like, it's interesting because I think that it just, for me, and, like, I know you might have some different thoughts here, and the ratings might tell us a little bit more when we kind of do this at the end of the pod, but, like, when, when, when I sit here and think about this, what I kind of think about is, like, this game just felt more polished. This game just felt like there was kind of just it, it just it just felt like it was more put together, more thought behind it, more just sort of I guess work done in general. Whereas After Party, like I like I said, if I'm gonna plug this before we kind of go into it, but After Party, we just released a podcast on this last week. The way to say this is, hey, two teens wake up, they got killed, they died, they are in hell. The only way to escape hell, out drink the devil. Sounds like a great game. We have a lot of thoughts on it. If you want to get more into the after party side of things, check out our pod from last week. It's it's a banging pod. It's really great. It kind of sets the scene for I think a couple things we're probably going to talk about today. So definitely check out our after party pod um, if you want to hear kind of everything about what Night School Studios is doing. But on that note, sorry I had to shamelessly plug us there. But um, on that note, I just again I just found that this felt more well rounded. Like that was kind of my big thought on this. Did you feel the story is like more compelling in certain ways? 
the story felt more, you, you know how kind of the big, my big takeaway from After Party was it was just missing something that I still can't really wrap my head around. Just the, the, the pace? Do you know what, it, it was the pace, but it was also like, you were sort of like locked in, right? Like in, in After Party, you can only go to the specific location you want to be at, or you have to be at for the story. There's not really anything to investigate or look at or do when you're walking through the streets and everything like that. Like, like sure, you can maybe talk to some people on the streets, but it's like a one-time shitty conversation that has nothing going on, and then they're just done. But looking at Oxenfree now and, and talking about this, every time I saw a carn, which you know the term carn, right, of stones, I'd get excited because that means you could tune to a radio station and you could pick up some demonic radio shit or you could pick up whatever. So just the fact that like they actually built it so there was different things to do in the open world environment was incredible. The other thing I really liked that uh, they did that After Party didn't is it's true open world in this game. Whereas again, After Party's not. After Party, you can only travel the lava banks to the locations that have quests. But in this game, because it's technically just one big island, you can go do whatever you want, and there's collectible challenges associated with that. So it's just interesting, this was three years older, when in reality, to me, this feels like this should be the new and improved version of what they did with After Party. I think maybe the reason why they're like so different in a sense mm-hmm. was I think After Party really like laid on like the whole like comedic side of it, while this game was more like eerie, a little well, a little more of a deeper story I think in a mm-hmm. sense. Yeah. Okay. And um, I think maybe they might. have... I don't know if this is true or not, but I maybe I assume like Oxenfree might have got a little bit backlash regarding it. I can look that up real quick just to like find out Back, what kind of backlash. Which is like 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 maybe like they're like this is too much of a serious game. Like maybe like dial it back but, a little but, bit. But if if I may, I think I, there's some still comedic spots though. That's but. what I was gonna say. I actually thought one of the things that I really actually was impressed with in this game is the um, back and forth conversation between um, the characters. So this game, I guess, just as sort of a quick summary really talks about this group of... It, it, it feels like such a generic horror game in, like at the start, right? It's it's a group of five teenagers go to the island, go to this island, this mysterious island that's abandoned, and, oh, of course, the old woman that lives on the island just died, and, you know, oh, spooky things, blah, 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 blah. There was a death. The main girl's brother passed away the year before. There, there's a ton of just sort of things that are like, this is your stereotypical horror game which i mean works though but one of the things that they did here that i thought was a step above what you normally do with horror games is introducing that analog radio like that manual tuning radio and i thought that that was like incredible yeah you really enjoyed the aspects of like maybe hearing like like some old radio station that's not real or like and it's a 1950s totally... ad or something crazy so and a, a bit of i guess just a bit of like context for anybody that's never played the game or wants to play it is is basically how it works is sort of you any time in the game it's not even you don't even need to necessarily be around the certain place that you need to be you can crack open one of those manual radios and change the radio station frequency And you can pick up songs or old radio stations, but also you can pick up these sinister messages. And you can actually use the radio station to either A, communicate with the ghosts on the island, 
B, you can also help break possessions of your friends who get possessed throughout the game. C, you can find these like stone carns that symbolize that there is a demonic frequency there and you can actually tune into that demonic frequency and hear like flashbacks to like what happened at the shooting range or at the graveyard. There's tons of really cool places that you can do shit like that in. Um, it, it just, I, I just, I'm so impressed with how they did that to the point where I actually didn't hate, um, I, I just didn't hate that. Like I thought I might potentially get annoyed with it, but I didn't hate it. And I thought that it was a really nice addition to what's been going on. What was your favorite part of the game? I really liked, so I don't know if you remember this, because I know it had been a while since you played this, but you have played this. Um, I loved when you're tracking Clarissa down um, in the old military base, and you have to do the quiz, the hangman quiz. And that was incredible. I, I just thought it was really interesting, because it's these questions that if you don't explore, and you don't find some of the lore or some of, like, the information... Yeah, you fail quickly. You fail the quiz. And I didn't fail, thank God, because I actually, like, I liked going around and exploring. And the thing about, like, kind of, like, one of those generic side-scroller games is there's not a lot of exploring that needs to be done. Like, realistically, there's not a ton that you need to go in there and do. Yeah. But, man, it was incredible. Like, that was... I really liked that. And it's like, do you want to... I, I thought... I also really thought the main voice on the radio, how it would use different male and female radio voices to communicate you with you, sorry, was horrifying to it, like a fantastic degree. Like you'd be like, can, and then a girl's voice, leave, can, leave. Like, and you're like, what, what the fuck? Like just how they communicated in that broken English because it was using different voices incredible yeah so i have to ask you then what like what was your kind of standout point of the part of that game honestly i was i was i was hoping you wouldn't say the military race but i think it's the best part of the game hey i like the part where like you're even like looking in the window and you see like a, an entity like ghost type of thing just in that window so uh every chapter i don't know if you notice this every chapter and this this for me was actually kind of tacky but every chapter they're asking to take a picture at some point. Have you yeah. noticed that? Yeah. Like, be, guys, let's just take a picture of us together because this might be the last time. Or, or they like, wouldn't even ask. They somebody just take a picture. Like like the kickball scene. Like he just, he just took a picture of it. And then it shows like that the, picture yeah. at the end of the chapter and you'll always see a demon in that Yeah, or thing. like some sort of like bubbles that show that represent like a ghost. It, it just, I thought that it was a really nice touch. It was really well done. Yeah. Um, Did you think, you didn't think it was ghosts from the I thought it was aliens. Do you know why I thought it was aliens though? Because the, the voice? The, no, the triangles. So, like, those triangles that you have to, c like, commune with, with the radio almost, and how they're like, and it makes yeah. the lines yeah, the yeah, other yeah. triangles, yeah, yeah, it yeah. makes that shape. Yeah. I was sort of like, this doesn't realistically feel like, um... A ghost. Like, yeah, it feels more like it's an, like, extraterrestrial entity that's doing this. Yeah. So, I, I, I felt a bit torn there. Um, but obviously, as you find out, it's the uh, people that died in the submarine or in the ship sh getting shot down. Or not shot down, but shot at by what turns out to be a friendly ship. Yeah. And it's sort of one of those, like, I, I, I know I've said this on other pods. I talked about this a lot on our Man and Madan pod. And if, you're, if you like dark picture anthologies, you've got this far into our podcast. We kind of call ourselves the, you know, 
super massive dark picture anthologies kings on, in the podcast space. Like we, <laughs> we, we don't, we, we love talking about that stuff. Anyways, I really talk a lot about my thoughts on world war two and world war two inspired aspects of video games. when We talk about man of Badan. So if you want to check that out, please do just because I, I, I have kind of an aversion to world war two stuff, but this game did it in a way that I didn't feel like that was a thing. Like it didn't bother me realistically like Man of Medan did in terms of like the World War Two tie-ins to Man Yeah, because you hate like those old war games. It, it's, it's just it's not for me. It's overplayed. It's, it's just not for me. So I, I was, I was pretty, I was, I was pretty happy about that, but that it, it they did it in a way that was a lot better. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and I, I don't know about you. I kind of got confused a lot, um, in this game. Like the one downfall I will say sort of that, that I felt was like, how they now start introducing the time looping. And that was what confused me. I don't know what you kind of thought about all the time looping throughout the game, but I kind of liked it. Cause like there's like parts where like your character, Alex would address it and be like, I was like, we just talked about this. Like we just talked about this. Like, what are we doing? Uh, and, then, and then Jonas would be like, I don't know what you're talking about. Like we talked about this. Are you serious? She's like, yeah, we just had this conversation. Yeah. And like, I totally agree. And like the first couple times it was really cool, but then you do those flashbacks but like, are those flashbacks reality? That's that's sort of the other question. And one of the big things that confuses me that I've I've talked about with you prior to recording this is there um, for anybody again listening is um, every time I finish a a game, the story of the main game, regardless if there's open world or exploration after or whatever, I always go in and I always like looking at like the trophies or achievements that I missed, right? And one of the achievements in this game that's very interesting is um you can save your dead brother through flashbacks so i guess in reality it's safe to say that it's not flashbacks that are driving this forward you are actually going back in time in those moments is that fair to say yeah so like for the michael one i'm pretty sure when you see him like you mean like there's certain like options like in dialogue you can say to basically make him not like go and do what i think he how was he killed again do you know i forget yeah he so I, i'm blanking on that no part. no so so michael uh michael drowned saving you because you don't know how to swim yeah so whatever dialogue there's an option basically just saying like like hey let's not go to like that campsite or campground this like this summer but what do you have to do to get there because i didn't get there because literally when when she was like when, when you go back in time, I'm like, Michael, you're drowned. Michael, no. Michael, no. Like, I was saying that stuff when I was back in there. Because I thought, I thought maybe if the time loop, I could save him. Like, that was initially part of my thought process on it. Yeah, but, like, think of it like this. Like, you're, you sound like an irrational person just yelling, hey, you're drowning. You're drowning. He's like, stop playing but around, you, So, sis. again, and, and I'm not trying to put you on the spot here, but you mentioned to get that trophy slash achievement or that ending, you have to play a second time. No, if you play a second time, there's like different options. Like it actually like correlates to like the first time you, you play. Like uh, like like the mon like not the monsters, but like the. Well, I was gonna say, can you the ghosts? The ghosts will be like, oh, you were here before. Well, so like, that, that's what I was like, just gonna say. Like, like, or Alex will be like playing. You'll be playing like like Alex. Like I swear to God, I did this stuff already. Uh, well, well, this is what I was gonna say is like, can you just like did you play twice? I played somewhat. Like I didn't play a full like like second playthrough. So so can you just kind of talk through? I guess because I think I'm interested in hearing more about this, but I also want to hear like about it on your end. But like 
what are the key differences if you play again? Are there is there different dialogue? It's different. Options? It's different dialogue. Okay, but like, so you can save Michael in the first, but you can save him in the second. Like, what does that sort of what does that sort of look like? Um. So like, basically, when I'm doing it, like, you you'd play and like the beginning of the game right away, Alex would be like, "Well, I'm having like deja vu. Like, this doesn't sound right to me." And like, I feel like I've already done this with Ren and like, um, Jonas. So. Or if you save Michael in the first playthrough, Michael's on the the boat with you instead of Jonas, which is pretty uh, interesting because like basically it'll be like Jonas, it'll be Michael, uh, Ren, and Alex, and then the wait, the, what? so the, the whole second game will be Michael, dip, yeah. So okay, you, that's cr- yeah because you save Michael and then Cl- Clarissa is a nice person in the second playthrough. So there's way there's like a bunch of different like variables and I feel like I need to play this game again. Yeah, so like they like do that. So I I want to pull it up just to make sure that's like correct. But I'm pretty sure that was an option. I unfortunately didn't get that option. Yeah. I put Alex in like the death pool, basically saying like at the end of the game where like you have a choice to like sacrifice yourself. I sacrificed. I did too. Yeah. I did too. So then when you play the second time around, you're playing Alex. You're like like I shouldn't be here. Like like you right away are like there's ghosts. There's ghosts. And like you have options like do like stuff like that. Crazy. Yeah. Yeah, to like be like, like this isn't happening, and then it'd be ghosts already talking to you right away off the off the the radio saying like you're you're this is not happening like you're just like in your head right now. Oh, so, so the second yeah. playthrough technically doesn't exist. Yeah, if you if you got trapped in it. Okay, yeah. we're getting so deep right now. <laughs> That's so there, actually crazy. There's a million endings for this, so if I like look it up. So there's actually like so you're saying in the second playthrough Michael could be there just based off of your reaction in the first playthrough. Yeah. Um. That's that is like next level in a way um one of the things so i know i know you're looking this up so i'm kind of just going to keep talking colin and we can jump back to what you're saying in a sec but um one of the things that i initially complained about about this about um after party that i also like that i actually liked in this game is they don't like they say this is what you did this is how you chose to overcome the situation this is how you did this this is what you did right like they give you like they give you sort of your explanation or like breakdown of the choices you made to get to where you are in the game, right? You remember that in After Party? Yeah. So what they do in this game that I really like is at the final ending of the game, they give you those percentage breakdowns of different games or different people's games or percentage-based discount, sorry, not discounts, percentage-based breakdowns of discussion points and choices that different people made finishing this game so you can see where you ended up which was fascinating to me i loved that yeah because you can actually like for example one of the things for me was like um i didn't realize this but i actually got like a 14 percent one because quote unquote i kept jonas at arm's reach and i was like I actually was trying to like be buddy buddy with Jonas pretty much the entire game. So I'm kind of confused how it classified me as kind of being like, no, Jonas, you can't be my brother. Um, the other one that I thought was interesting was uh, if Ren and Nona get together. And I kind of thought Ren was a, a piece of shit. <laughs> so I didn't really like him throughout that whole game. Clarissa to me though was like then I would have I would have sabotaged anything to do with Clarissa. I hated her. Like her character, but you're supposed to. And it was funny because when I was streaming this, one of the things that I said right off the bat was 
you can tell Clarissa is not going to be a good person because her name in subtitles is in red. Yeah. And that always symbolizes evil or a bad person or blah, 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 blah. So it was it was funny to me when I saw Clarissa being the red voice and then her actually kind of turning into that problem. I thought that, that was interesting. Yeah. Um, looking off like the the past things so yeah. if po- best possible possible ending is if you get everyone's best ending which you, there's achievements for it like like uh nona and red, red get together yeah and like and like you embrace your brother i would assume yeah you bring michael back from the dead he becomes he gets back in a relationship with clarissa oh so she's happy and then yeah what ha- but what happens to jonas then he just disappears yeah he's not part of the storyline that's kind of sad i don't know if that's <laughs> the best ending remember he was living in a shit town yeah. and like it was super sketchy so i, know. Like, I so, kind of well, feel bad for him so like if you bring back michael and get the best possible ending for each character after the credits in the new scene at the gas station ish like at the beginning of the game okay um you actually can get on like the radio and alex from the dead will warn you to not visit the island and then you tell everyone we shouldn't go and then you break the time loop and you basically just leave the island whoa and you guys don't even go to the island you say because you just hear alex saying like don't come here like this is bad like so she'd be like hey guys we shouldn't go we should so, just go so home. it's alex from another this is you know what the thing is so I, it's, it's a it's a big it's a kind of a mind fuck in a well, sense well, so that's what i was gonna say is not the thing for me is timelines really just like we're not like what you know like i think about marvel and marvel loves the different timelines marvel um marvel loves just being like oh rick and morty different timelines like I, I don't know how much rick and morty you've watched but there's episodes where like rick will ruin the timeline and then he goes to a different timeline that's similar to his kills the rick there and it becomes that rick and that's where the rest of the show is going off of and you're like wait so he's not actually in our timeline anymore he's like four times removed blah blah blah. yeah blah, yeah blah, he'll blah. be like he'll be like actually morty like this is like the 10th like morty i met or yeah something you're like, like the 10th yeah. morty i've met i'm like the fourth rick you've met like nobody's yeah. real blah 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 yeah. and that's sort of how i feel about this because i think about it and i'm just like dude like i get that and like that's that's obviously very cool but at the same time like it can timeline shit just confuses me and i think a lot of this is gonna be a hot take this might be the, the the promo for the app hot take i sometimes think timeline stuff and like making it overly confusing for people is like either the writer or director or producer or studio either being like fuck you this is the easy way out or they're thinking like oh if you don't get it then you're not smart enough to play i know that that's probably such like a negative view into like the timeline stuff but i also just feel like if i'm getting if i'm getting confused with the timeline and like i don't really understand that not just in this game but just in general like don't you kind of just feel like maybe we should stop with the additional timelines, not just in this game, but just sort of in media right now in general? Yeah. It just feels like it's kind of like a slap on the... Like yeah, they're, a, just, they're just trying to... Yeah, like you said, easy way out of like making like you're like... like I don't... Well, I mean, there's also other games that you play and you're like, you're like that's like the most like... Like, you know the end thing is already happening, and they're like, they're like, yeah, we don't want to really, like, change the ending. This is just what it's going to be. Because we don't really, like, you predetermine what it's going to be. No, I mean, like I said, I understand. At, at least the timeline or time loop, in a sense, is like, 
there's so many different variables that play into it, which I think is really neat. And I think it gives you the, like the player or the user like us who's playing the game, like multiple chances to like do different things in the game where you're like, oh, I can change it this way or I can fix it this way after the fact, which I think is cool. If I'm like being honest, like I feel like it's, I feel like it's a nice, I understand where you're coming from where it's saying like, oh, are you too dumb to get this? But also it's like, if you get it, like you're like, oh, I have multiple chances to fix this game. Like I can fix it or I can do this or that. And the next, you know, you're playing 30 hours in this game when it's a five hour game. But, but you can do that without it being a time loop, right? Like games don't need to include time travel, time loops, going back in time, blah, 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 blah. They just say... This is how your game ended this time. Play it again, and there can be a very different ending based off of your decisions. But I don't and hate no. the fact that when you go into the second playthrough, like your character actually knows already, like, oh, this doesn't feel right, like getting like deja vu. But again, you can do that without a time loop. Yeah, fair. Right? You can absolutely do that without a time loop. Like, you can do that. But, like, when you're saying, like, oh, I'm going back in the past to bring my dead brother back so I can do this, like, that's when you start getting, like, like confusing. Yeah. And, that's and, and that's like, but again, this, this is just my personal opinion. Like, like you said, you like it and I not like it, but you understand it. You go through it. And I, I obviously completely can get behind that. Well, you, how'd you feel when you ended? Like, give me like your reception of the game. Um, I thought the ending was kind of weak because then for me personally, I thought I died. Then I wake up on the boat, right? Like, did that happen to you? So I'm not dead. So I'm not trapped there. But I thought that I was trapped there, and that's what has me really. Confused. No, when you wake up on the boat, that's like this beginning of the second time loop. <laughs> that's when you can go right back into the game. Okay, well that just blew me away. Yeah, I. That's the whole point of the game. That's when you start the second play. That's why your person on the boat is like, "This doesn't feel right." Like I already did this. Like that's when you get deja vu because you already did it. You're in a time loop. You get in a permanent time loop. So that's why if you get the perfect ending, that's when you can finally break it. The whole game is a time loop. (laughs) (laughs) I just broke the game for you. Uh, uh, I was under the assumption that... No, no, it wasn't a dream that I woke up on the boat with them going back to the mainland. Oh, so you didn't think you died? You think you're just going back to the mainland? I thought I got yeah. I no, didn't... you wake up and your character's like this doesn't feel right. And then you go out and Ren's like talking about the same shit. He's like, I'm gonna meet Nona on the beach and be awesome and like, oh, I can't wait to take a picture with you guys. Or come take a picture. And then your character's like, we already did this. But the boat was going the it, other way. No, I think. no, yeah, no. The, wasn't it? No, it's a time loop, man. I, I guarantee. I, I believe back. you. I was going just... back to the island. I I completely missed that. And which that's is the game. Yeah, it's the game. I and completely then, then missed that. So basically, you, you the only way to complete the game perfectly is if you get a per- like like if you get a full I think do you have to save your brother for it to be a perfect ending? yeah you do because your brother dies obviously so but like he died like a year before yeah though. but still like you can save him that's a whole like what's one of the main points of the game because everyone's all pissy about so everybody dead. gets a good ending but jonah well jonas goes back to his like main town with his family i don't well, know I don't, well, jonas I'm, I'm, was like my main town you tr- need to learn how to stab truly i don't remember what happens with jonah jonas jonas but Jonas Brothers, yeah, yeah. Jonah. Um, but yeah, it was like it was like ab, it was like absolutely crazy. Like I, um, I don't know. The again, the other stuff I really wanted to just really focus on and give the credit for is like I said, different than um, after party. About half, not halfway, about near the end of the game, they actually release like that full blown. Um, like that kind of full blown thing where it's like, hey, 
go find all of her, um, go find, I forget the woman's name, Adler, I think. Go find all of Adler's letters. And they're scattered amongst, and you go to radio station 104.1, and it'll give you hints where the next letter is based on the radio station. Then you go there and get them, and if you collect all 12 of them, you learn a lot more about the island and what, like, she was doing on the island. And I thought that was really cool. Um, But I think we need to kind of talk about the negatives in this game, because I think we have spent a lot of time talking about the positives. I thought, like, the animosity between Clarissa and Alex was, like, forced to the point that it was almost cringeworthy. You think so? Why is that? Well, I just think about, like, for example, here's a great one. I think about how we break into this building to get the key to go to the Adler estate or whatever it's called because there's the boat there to escape. And you go in... You get the key, you enter the building, and then next thing you know, Clarissa is just sitting in there. And I'm like, how'd you get in? And everybody's like, Clarissa, we're so happy you're here. I was like, guys, I want to be a... Guys, <laughs> why is she in this locked building? And she goes, I got in through the kitchen window. It was wide open. And I was like, clearly it wasn't. <laughs> let me say it like this. Let me say it like this. Let me just think. Let me just set the mood for you here, okay? We're on an island. You, me, two of our friends. I go missing. You don't hear from me for a while. Last thing you saw was me kill myself off the top of a building. And then my body's just gone and I'm not there. Next thing you know, I, you walk into this building that you had to break into another building to get the key for. And then there's me, buddy, just sitting there like this. Hey, Colin, how's it going? You, who in their right mind would be like, oh yeah, she just broke in through the window. She's just <laughs> been hanging out here. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Because the other two were in. The other two were in. The other yeah. two were like, the other two were like, oh my God, like this is, this is crazy. Like we're so happy you're okay. And I was like, this, this can't be what this is right now. Right? Like truly. So that was a big bother for me. And I, I'm just, I'm really not sure what you think about that. But I'd love to kind of know your thoughts on some of the dialogue. Like, I thought some of the dialogue was really good. But I thought the Clarissa dialogue especially really bothered me. I think it's weird too because like, um, I don't know if I, I think it's weird actually when I think about it. But I think like the Clarissa and like Alex like whole relationship throughout majority of the game was a little, like, forced, but, like, you didn't really understand until, like, midway through, maybe, where, maybe not mid-through, maybe, like, pretty quickly after, like, the whole, like, first, like, big climax happens, where you find out that uh, Michael was dating Clarissa. And That's the climax, though? Like No, 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 but I'm saying, like, like, you find out, oh, like, she hates her because, like, she saved her from drowning, or or Michael saved uh, 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 Alex. Alex from drowning, and that, in turn, made him die. Which makes sense because Clarissa loved uh, Michael. Yeah. So like, so she blames Alex in a sense. Yeah. Which okay. I mean makes sense, but you, at first you don't really understand why she like hates Alex. So there's a little but, bit of like a, I think there's a little bit of a dialogue like, or like a little bit of a gap in the maybe the story at the beginning because like you don't really understand, but like you learn. Mm-hmm. I, th- I think I think what you're saying too, where she jumps on the building, but also the thing with 
I think with Clarissa too, or or as like most characters, you realize like they're all possessed in certain ways. Or, yeah. Like, they're, so like the Clarissa thing when she fell off the top of the tower or whatever, I thought it wasn't really her. Really, because I thought she died for sure. No, I thought it was like a fake person. I, I absolutely thought she died, but then it was again. What? Okay, sorry. Another random question I really want to talk about this game for is, do you know how there's several times in the game where you pop in front of a mirror and it gives you advice? Yeah. But then at the end of the game, you go through the mirror and give advice? Does it randomly assign that advice to another player online? Is that how that works? I don't think so. I think the whole point is like you're Alex and like actually the person you're talking in the mirror is just you. Because here, here's the thing that had me mixed up is so at one point I get something that says, don't let Jonas talk to his mom. Mm-hmm. I got that message sent to me in the first playthrough. Yeah. And then there's a part near the end of the game where Jonas says, oh my God, Alex, it's my mom. She's playing the song that we played as a baby. Can you like send this or can you use the radio to talk to my mom so I can like have some peace and speak to her cause she's dead. Right. But I remember that moment in the game and I said, no, 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 I'm not helping you. I'm not letting you talk to your mom. We have to go, 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 go. Do you remember what you did during that part? Did you talk to the mom? No, same thing. I just, I wonder what would happen if you did. Can characters die? I'm sure they could. I, I mean, again, we have to Google that, I feel like, because, like, I don't know 100%. Because you didn't have, obviously, I didn't have anyone die. I, I mean, but die. I didn't have anyone die either, and I wonder if that's because our playthroughs were so similar. But, like, I feel like they probably weren't super similar, because I know you and I, when we play games, we have very different play styles. You Let's know? Let's take a look. Um... Are you just seeing what happens if he talks to his mom? Yeah, or are you just, just seeing like, in yeah, general what's kind of going on? I don't know. I mean, like I said, there's to me, there's a lot of confusion, at least especially around that kind of stuff where like I just like can characters die and if they can't die, that's totally fine. But like also at the same time, like how do you. I don't know. I just, I just don't understand. Like it feels like there's so many different endings, but not enough choices to really drive those endings home, if that makes sense. Right. OK, so like. He doesn't, he doesn't die, but, like, one thing that would happen if you save or you let him talk to his, like, dead mom okay. is that Jonah's and Alex become closer as, like, a, as a brother and sister. Do. So I wonder why. Because would... Alex has sided with Jonas and supported his ideas throughout the game. They'll become closer as step-siblings. But I just wonder why it would tell us not to do that then. Right? Like, I wonder what would have been the driving factor for something like that. Because to me, that makes almost no sense. Yeah, I'm not sure. I think just there's different options. Like if you tell him not to, I'm assuming Jonas and Alex stay distant. The the the, the one thing. And there's the other one where it's like Jonas is no longer Alex's stepbrother, which is obviously because Michael like comes back to life. But again, really to really to plug um this game a little bit more and like some of the amazing things they did versus After Party, is like really just the fact that like you know there's so many different I guess endings that can happen and relationships that can happen based on the conversations that you have. Whereas an after party, I find that it's either one or the other all the time. And it's pretty obvious which one you're picking. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like Asmodeus in after party. I want my, my ex-wife back. Great. I'll either help you or I won't help you. 
like the two of them fight like um lola and milo you have to get them back together um sam says can we have can you help me with something yes or no like it's it's those after party just felt rushed in a way to me like it just it just felt like this game had so much more passive things happening that came to the outcome of the game well, maybe that's the reason why you didn't like After Party now. Instead of it being slow, maybe it was too rushed. It it just felt maybe not too rushed, but like you actually, they're trying to sell this thing that you, they're like, oh, new AI conversation, blah, 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 blah. It's like, no, you don't have new AI conversation. It the, the, You could say the same thing a hundred different times, but your ending could still be the same if you pick one decision that's the same as other ones. Fair. I mean, I think, I don't know, like, I, I'm kind of into going maybe into the ratings now, but I'm not sure kind of what you're thinking on that. Same. Like, again, it's, it's a pretty short game. It's pretty whatever. Five hours, something like that. Totally. Like, it's definitely not super kinda like, long. Kind of like after party in a sense. Totally. So, I mean, do you want to start off again this time? No, you can. Okay. So, going into the characters, I gave after party good characters because I did like the banter between a lot of them. Not a lot of it felt super forced. Um... In this game, the issue for me is is a lot of it felt forced. A lot of the conversation felt like, kind of like, you know, there was no thought behind it. It just felt very like, this is how they're going to talk to each other. Or, like, or it was fast, too. Or like, if you didn't stop to listen to a full thing, they just, like, skip it. And totally. Just... Yes. I, I completely agree with that. I'm glad you bring that up. Like, just traveling around. If you get to the next, like, area... Or you're getting to the next waypoint in the game and they're in the middle of a conversation, you lose that whole thing and it's it's ridiculous. Yeah. So I think that like that sucked. But I, again, I also just think like I think about Clarissa. Like I get it. You're not supposed to like her. Right? I get it. But man, do they go through these like awkward dialogue options just to make sure. Not to mention making the characters kind of stupid. The ones that you can't control. Here's another great example of this, if I may. So after you get everybody together at like the guard tower, um, like the radio tower, you have the decision of who to bring with you to break into the building and get the, the key. So um, Jonas and Ren were fighting, fighting, fighting. So just to, just to like make them kind of like sit with each other, I picked Nona to go with me. And the other two sat in that radio tower and that ruined my relationship with both of them. But it's like, how is there not a dialogue option for something like that? Being like, you two need to figure this out. I'm going to take Nona. You guys can work on this. That's not an option. The option is you just technically betray them both. Like, it's like, if you picked Ren, Jonas would have had that same dialogue option. If you picked Jonas, Ren would have had that dialogue option. So picking Nona, they both just get that pissed off dialogue option. And they don't understand, oh, hey, we didn't pick either one. So there's certain choices that kind of bugged me. So I'm actually going to go three on the characters. I didn't think it was that standout. Fair. I think last week we both picked order four, which was nice. It's because that it's because that banter. The banter was good. Yeah, yeah, of course. Maybe this one felt a little forced. I still think the characters are really cool, and I think like a lot of them can like develop into like better characters. Like, by the end, like I know Clarissa, if you mm -hmm. like are like apologetic to her and stuff, eventually she turns a, a corner or turns a new leaf over you and says like, yeah, you're right. You know, maybe I was being like a little bit of a bitch or whatever. Can, sorry, can I interrupt and ask you one question just mm -hmm. based off of that? Cause I totally forgot. Mm -hmm. Do you remember which person you went to when the game first started? Cause you can technically go to Clarissa first or you can go to Ren first. Do you remember which one you picked? Uh, I don't know. I picked Ren. So I was wondering if maybe it was, that's why anyways, sorry. I just, it, Could it been was, Clarissa. Okay, yeah, it was yeah. closer, but like, um, I just remember, like, eventually she turns a new leaf, in a sense, and, like, she's like, yeah, you're right, you know, I shouldn't, I shouldn't, like, basically, like, put 
everything on you in a sense and like you're not mm-hmm. a bad person at all mm-hmm. maybe we could be friends and like you become kind of friends with clarissa which is kind of cool and i think like jonas is like story like character arc is good and like you learn a lot about his life if you're closer to him which i think i was in the most of the game so i like the variables in this game where you can like become closer and like learn a lot about different characters like the relationship gauges yeah almost, yeah right? of course and like i think like it gives different dialogue options too and i think the game like can make you can make or break development of characters with those so I think there's like a lot of like levels to it, I think, and very vari- like again variables to like depending how you want to play it, and um, how characters develop. So I think the way that I played it personally, I think it made the characters a little more like appealing, maybe to than to you. Yeah. So in that sense, I want to give it a four again, just kind of up the middle with uh, cool. after party. Fair. There wasn't as ba- much banter, but I still think there was like really solid conversations, and it kept the game engaging. And I did wait a lot of the times to let them finish talking because I wanted to know what they're going to talk totally. about, and then it gives you an option. But to don't you respond. also, but not to not to like try to change your thing here, but don't you also feel like having to stand there and wait while they talk so much kind of took away from the game a little bit, or a, no? A little bit, yes and no. But like again, at the same time, you kind of like invest in the conversation. I think a lot of these games, for the side scroller in a sense, I think both this and after party, I wanted to hear what they were saying just so I can like learn a little more of the story, yeah. and I don't think it really. I don't really think it affected my gameplay overall because mm-hmm. I was like I was still I was just invested in what they were talking about, yeah. Um, which could also be like a walking simulator type of vibe in totally. a sense. Yeah, fair. Um, and then so background background's a little bland to me. Like a lot of it looks the same, but like at the same time, I think like if we're counting like like just cr- like a eerie vibe to it, I think it was pretty. Again, like it, it didn't give me that. It was just kind of like a lot of it looked like the same, but like obviously there was different like spots in the game where you like can go to on the map. Mm-hmm. Um, but still, with that saying, and like it felt a little open, more open worldly, like you said. But I still, at the end of the day, think it's probably like maybe a three and a half. So you're giving these are just. I mean, these are pretty much the same you've given to after party. I know so far. Anyways, so I'm actually gonna do background. So my after party background was a two, not very good. Um, This game is definitely better to me because of the fact that you can go around after sort of a certain part of the story and find those lost letters, and there's a hidden frequencies and all that kind of stuff. Um, I also really liked how in this game there was like the uh, Carns or Karens or whatever of stone that knew you could tune into a demonic radio station and, and hear some just additional content. But will you consider that more sound than background? Disagree, no, because they built that into the background. If you're not exploring the background, you're not going to be seeing any of that. Okay, fair. So I'm actually going to go for a three and a half on the background as well, um, just because I think it was a lot more engaging than what we saw. But I think it's really tough, and I'm sure you agree with this, to really sell background on a 2D, almost side-scroller type game. Yeah. Sound, I loved. So Colin and I talked about this. We talked about this on the pod and everything like that. But just being able to use that radio and getting those unique older maybe sounds on old radio stations, but also how they use the um, ghosts' voices to communicate you with you through the radio, I count as sound as well. Using different male and female voices and inflections to like kind of stitch together sentences was like, oh my god, this is so cool. Thought it was amazing. The actual sound going throughout the game, it was neither here nor there, but the sound, at least that they did for these demons and for these ghosts, whatever, was was great. So I'm gonna go for a four on that one. I thought the sound was pretty freaking solid in this game. I have to agree. I think the sound was really, I think that was the bigger part of the game. Again, I think, I know you said like, 
the radio station stuff was more like based off the background, but I still think like it still played into the sound because it made it more like creepy. Well, no, I mean the radio stations that you could listen to and stuff definitely part of the sound. I'm just talking like if you saw the Karen and you could listen in, you could hear like ghosts talking. Yeah, but it's yeah. not that broken, creepy ghost talking. It's just it like, like two creep- prospectors talking to each other, for example. Yeah, yeah. So I think I was cool, but I'm gonna consider that sound for myself. For sure. I think it's probably a four point five. Nice. Um, for replayability, I think this is really a key one. I didn't really dive too much into this, but I think if you want to try different endings and try to complete this game fully, I think you have to. I think this game, for me at least, for really replayability is probably a three. So it's interesting that you brought that up, brought that up because I thought the replayability was honestly going to be pretty low on this. But after our conversation today and learning, they actually take steps to make the second playthrough almost like a different timeline with connections to the initial timeline was very cool like just in terms of the replayability aspect i know we've talked we've beaten the whole timeline thing to death on this pod but like for me at least just the fact that they're trying to make it different and interesting and and build on a second playthrough as its own individual experience very cool um i'm gonna actually go for a four on the replayability i thought that was pretty great story I thought the story was solid, to be all around honest. Um, Just like the ghosts and the haunting and all that kind of stuff I thought was really great. Um, The downfalls for me on the story was, like I said, sort of the relationships between the characters um, and just that sort of Clarissa being almost cringy. Um, I also, with the story, didn't like the timeline aspect because it got a little too almost confusing for me and not really understanding like are you are you in a time circle here are you actually back in time is this a flashback what's going on like i don't really understand how it can affect each other so for me the story got a little convoluted especially near the ending but all around i thought it was pretty stand up but i'm gonna go three and a half on the story i'll give it a four i think there's a lot of like depth to it i think again like how we just talked about how replayability really beats into that time loop thing where mm-hmm. like you need to play kind of a second playthrough unless you somehow 100% in the first playthrough which I think that is possible like a lot of people wouldn't do it because like you're just playing it logistically um, but then you realize after you play the first time like oh if I do this or that different you can bring back different people or you just try different things mm-hmm. um, again yeah the time loop can be a little tedious I feel like after a while because you're like oh I already done this or like oh I know what's going to happen here maybe but I think the story itself is really cool that you're literally in like a loop, and which is fun, funny because, um, I it's like a tape recorder, like a radio station, where like you're just on a loop, yeah, and you're just trying to break the loop, so it's cool in that sense. So I think the story itself is really like you said early on this pod, where like the the creator has probably looked at it like more like let's make this super deep, and if you don't get it, you don't get it. Mm-hmm. But if you get it, like you think this is like one of the best like like mind-blowing games and I like 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 you said when I told you it's a time loop and you start again for the second game you're like oh I didn't realize but like that's what I'm saying Mm -hmm. so like the story I think itself plays into that more and I think that's why replayability is so crucial and maybe this game could be technically longer than five hours it could be a 10-hour playthrough because you're going to play it right away so you're like like, oh wait I've already done this but wait my my character is talking differently so I think it's a little different in that sense but I think overall I think this game is just like really detailed in that sense which is really cool and it's interesting because we actually both agree based off of both of our ratings that this game is better than after party just kind of with what's going on here so i actually went to a 7.2 which is actually a 1.0 upgrade for me so 6.2 to 7.2 which is what i gave after party so this game like i said and i think we've alluded to this a lot through the pod is like 
for me at least, this game is is significantly better. It feels like it should be the successor to After Party, not the predecessor of After Party. So I think that like, if you want to get into a game like this, I always set the warning with After Party. But Oxen Free is a fun game to get into. So uh, seven point two on my end. What do you got? And myself, I got seven point six, and I think again, like it's a little better than my seven point two rating for After Party. But I still think there's so many levels to this game that I think you. I highly recommend playing it just to try it out. And I think it's maybe it's not for everyone, but I think it's a very enjoyable game. And like, if you like different options and like, um, just to see what happens in a lot of different scenarios, I think we obviously we spoiled a little bit of it, but um, I think it's a fun game just to try, like almost RPG like, but not. Um, and it makes you feel on edge kind of the whole time, which I love. Yeah, too. Like, yeah, it's eerie. It's not like it's not the same vibe as After Party. After Party's more funny and more like witty. And a little more like laid back. Slower, I would say. Yeah, but laid back too, where like you're making jokes and it's just whatever. But this game's like a lot more like, oh, like if you screw up, it feels like your character could maybe die, which I don't think can happen as we've already talked about. Agree. Like, I, I actually think that I think that the correct thing to say, which you nailed there though, Colin, is like the stakes are higher. That's how it feels. You're on more on your or like the edge of your seat with this one. But yeah, seven point six. I really enjoyed it, um, and I highly recommend it to anyone that wants to just try a different game. As a good indie game, I think it's a really mm-hmm. good indie game, so I think might as well just give it a go. And I think, I mean, that's, I think, the perfect place to end it. We have some really cool indie stuff coming up next week as well. So we're talking all about Road 96, which is an unbelievably cool indie game that I'm super excited to talk about next week. Um, but stay tuned. Obviously, if you're loving the indie games, we're always looking for new stuff. We have a lot of really cool ones coming up, but follow us on Instagram at Gameaholic Podcast. Drop a comment on our Indie Month post. Let us know if there's any indie games that you want to see. Let us know if there's any that you'd love to recommend and see our thoughts on it. As always, thanks so much for listening. We'll catch you guys next week with an all-new episode of the Gameaholic Podcast. Peace. Sun is rising, here we are I didn't think we'd come this far I just feel it This is truly where I belong Making my way down Ocean Drive I know the people pass me by I know they feel it Yeah, they feel the way that I do right now Lost in Miami and we were too drunk